Hello and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. In today's episode, we're going somewhere that's a little bit warmer, a little bit sunnier. Um, things are starting to look a lot brighter there. Um, yeah, we're not talking about Florida. We're not talking about the Orlando Magic or the Miami Heat. We're both struggling mightily at the moment. We're going to the other coast. So in Southern California, we have two teams. The Clippers, who... Got a good win last night against Charlotte. Did you see that game winner? Uh-uh. Kawhi hit a midi over uh, Jaden McDaniels or Jalen McDaniel, whichever one Charlotte has. Uh, the McDaniels kid in Charlotte, a very tough uh-huh. midi for the win. Uh, they had to come down to the end and pull that one out. It was a really good. You you need that when your stars play. But we're gonna go to the other team. The Los Angeles Lakers. Currently, as we are recording this podcast, are ten and twelve. Um, they won eight of their last ten games. They finally found something clicking, and me and Josh noticed it. We brought it up last week in the podcast, but we didn't really touch on it too much because we were too indulged in the Milwaukee Bucks. But before we really get into that team from Southern California, how are you doing, Josh? Good, you intrigued me now. I kind of wanted to look for this uh, game winner, but I can't find it anywhere on the Instagram. So it was a nice midi from like elbow mid post, uh, elbow extended mid post area, um, on the right side of the floor. Jabbed him. I thought he was gonna go for a rip through to get the foul, but then he just ripped through, got space, stepped back, bucket. Yeah, you know, um. When a uh, Saquon Barkley highlight from Penn State popped up before it, I don't know if it was a big time, you know? I'll send you it. <laughs> but but, I'm doing um, pretty good. You got anything else going on? Anything exciting? Um, No, not really. Same old, same old, same thing every day. I wish I could say different. Well, you're almost done with school. What's today? Sixth. No, I'm done next week. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But do you want to just get into this then? Yeah. Yeah. So the Los Angeles Lakers will will like try to encapsulate the last um. You want to say like six? I months? got this because I got, I got this. Oh, you want to do six months? Let's just look at their like. Let's let's zoom out a little bit. Go a little backwards. See how they got here. So, last year they missed the playoffs. Right. Suns knocked them out. They lost in the play. Wait. No. No. That, was, two, did that was your finals run. No, because the Suns. They played the Suns. They still had a chance to get in with like two games left, and they played the Suns, and the Suns beat them to knock them out. But like regular season. Yeah, we knocked yeah. them out in the regular season, but it, the Suns were the team to do it. Okay. Um, I just wanted to point that out. Suns propaganda. Um, but yes, they missed the playoffs. They go. They didn't have their pick. New Orleans had their pick. Turns into Dyson Daniels. Um. They draft uh, Doug Christie from Michigan State. Uh, the offseason's a ton of uh, young role player pickups, and nobody could really shoot it too well, so everybody started 
calling, uh, waving the flag and like hitting the sirens before they even play a game. First couple games of, under Darvin Ham, they they lose. I think it was like six of their first seven, and um, they have the worst offense in the league. They have a top ten defense, but they're never able to truly figure it out. And then next thing you know, Anthony Davis turns into an MVP caliber player. Role players are starting to find a groove. Russell Westbrook off the bench looks phenomenal. LeBron is being LeBron. Um, and they win eight of their last 10. Now, do you want to go offense or defense first? Uh, we'll go offense first. I just, I have the um... Uh, I have it up right now. Their stats over their last ten games, they are eight and two, um, scoring one hundred twenty two point six points a game, shooting fifty point five percent from the field, thirty seven point one percent from three. Um, they're second in rebounds per game, largely because of Anthony Davis at forty seven point six rebounds per game. Um. Not really turning it over a whole bunch, 13 turnovers a game. Uh, that's over the last 10, that's sixth best. They're, they've they've really turned it around. Um, and offensively, I feel like that's just big part because everybody's buying into their role. Uh, that was one we talked a little bit yesterday. Like, I know Jacob will get more into, like, the schemes and stuff, like their short pick and rolls. Um, Anthony Davis just playing out of his mind. But uh, the thing that really stuck out to me is everybody's just buying into their roles. Um, a huge thing was Russell Westbrook really taking that part off the bench. Um, he's been an energy guy, and he's been doing really well over the last 10, maybe even 12, 13 games. Uh, I know I said I said, I brought it up last week uh, that I watched when I watched them um, that they looked really good for three quarters and then they couldn't hold it for the fourth quarter. But now over the last few games, um, especially the one against um the Bucks, uh, it was high energy throughout. There was that 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 game was real I didn't I didn't watch like I, it was cut up because I just watched offense and then just watched defense. So the Bucks game was really cut up, but like the energy looked amazing. Um they sustained it throughout and I mean people buying into their roles, people, like, what do you think it is? Cause it's like with the shooting, like how, like, do you think it's just everybody getting more comfortable? Cause it's not like they got bad shots in the first, it's not, it's not like they couldn't get open in the first like 12 games, but now they're shooting middle of the pack. I'm going to say it's the amount that they're shooting because <clears throat> with, uh, just what is going on right there like i don't they're not taking as many threes so at the moment they're 28th in non-corner threes all three-point attempts and 19th in corner three-point attempts so they're not taking as many but the ones that they're taking in my opinion are a lot better quality they're still not shooting incredibly well they're shooting 30 percent from the corner which is last they're shooting 34 from non-corner threes which is 18th and 33.3 from all threes which is 27th um per cleaning the glass um but uh 
I just think that the offense, you're, you nailed, like, the guys that are going to take the threes are finding more comfort, more just a rhythm with the team that they're, like, a lot of these guys were new. It was, like, Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker, Pat Bev. Uh, uh, I know Reeves has been there, but it's, like, Reeves still needs to figure out a flow, you know? So it's, like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of dudes that, are just getting more and more comfortable within the offense. And then on top of that, they're really attacking the rim more. Like they, the more you put pressure on the paint, the better their three point opportunities will be. So I think just the quality of three point attempt that they're taking is definitely what has been able to turn it around for them. Yeah. That's like, I was trying to figure that out. Cause like I didn't rewatch the first few games, but from what I remember, um, they were chucking. They were shooting a lot more, but, like, they were good looks. Like, people were just letting them shoot because they were shooting 27% from three. It Like, it's they weren't like... shooting bad threes. Like, they would shoot probably, like, 10 bad threes a game, but they were also shooting 40-some threes. So, now they're only shooting 28, and over the last 10 games, that's 29th in the league, only behind the uh, Bulls, who are also playing, have been playing pretty solid, too. Um. I just, I think that they find, like, they decided, hey, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to do what we know we can be great at, and that's going to be scoring the paint. So it's like, we got Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. Like, our paint points should literally be 60 to 70% of what we're putting up, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's in that's my opinion at least. Like I think that they just were like, "Hey, our shot chart should not be this way. Let's work on it yeah. and and see what we can do to get numbers behind that statement." They're first in shots at the rim with forty point nine percent of their shots coming at the rim. Uh, an additional nineteen point eight percent of their shots are coming from short mids, so like floaters and little pull ups at the blocks. Um. 9% of their shots are long mid, which isn't great. That's middle of the pack. But, like, they're taking a lot more shots around in the mid-range and at the rim. So they're trying to win the two-point land to produce higher-quality threes. Um, do you want me to talk about – wait, okay. What are you doing? Oh, I thought you said wait. Um. I just with their offense in terms of scheme, I think it's still the best when they're on the break. I don't know if that's what you think after what you were able to watch, but um, I think when they get out and go, that's obviously their best recipe with the athletes that they have across the board. I think Lonnie Walker has proven to be a solidified starter for the rest of the season, pending on what happens. But I think he is, he fits right in with LeBron AD and, uh, I would assume that Pat Bev is going to be the other stable starter. I think that that's a really good four to add, try to find a fifth piece to. Um, but in the half court, everything's out of the post. Everything's out of mid post. Everything's out of the elbows. It's a lot of paint-heavy action, and it gives guys like LeBron, guys like Westbrook, guys like AD easier times, and it's quicker to get to the rim. So if you're getting an elbow touch and say it's a, but a brush screen from the top and there's action on the weak side, whether it's a, it's supposed to be a zoom or not, 
that brush screen could give you that half second to get a corner on them and then get to the rim in one bounce instead of two bounces from the three-point line. Um, it's just – and then what I really liked was their short pick and roll. So me and Josh were talking about this on the phone yesterday, but they uh, – a lot of their side ball screen action comes from the mid post, which is very creative. Um Darvin Ham's putting either it's usually it was usually LeBron. So you get LeBron a post touch off a slice from the top, and then AD will come across the floor and set just a deep ball screen in the mid post. I think that that was huge in their win against Milwaukee. It's a very tough guard when you have two basically like dominators at the rim because if you help too early, that pass to the corner is so easy for LeBron and so easy for Anthony Davis that you kind of have to stay home till something happens. But by the time something ha- happens, they're on top of the hoop. Like the, the distance that they have to travel to get to the rim is shrinked greatly. And I think that that's what makes it so tough to guard is because you can't flow into your regular ball screen coverage. That's on the high side. Like if you tried to down it, you're going to be like working your way to get it on the side of the screen. And then the big is like, Hey, do I like drop or go to the level? And then like, it's just such a different spot because you don't see it that often. You'll see it once or twice a game usually. And it's usually just like a quick switch between a four and five man, but it's because it's LeBron James who essentially is their point guard or Russell Westbrook, who is their point guard, but he's a massive point guard. And then Anthony Davis, you're trying to figure out ways to prevent one of them to get to the rim untouched. And when you're trying to figure out that, like, it's tough. And I, I really like it because of their personnel. And what I think it takes miles off of LeBron. You're not having him dra- travel from 30 feet off of a ball screen to get to the cup. You're having him travel from 15 to 18 feet, come off a ball screen, take one or two bounces, and you're, in the, you're on top of the bucket. Um, and then if the big gets stuck, it's such an easier lob opportunity because you're playing with the big one, uh, two on one at four feet. Like if he makes a decision there, it's like, let's throw it up to AD, give him a little dish off. Like the advantages that that action creates, I think are so amplified due to the personnel, but also due to the spacing. And then also the weak side does a great job at lifting up and making it really tough to help. The porch is really active. Like they ended the game against Milwaukee with uh, Westbrook on the porch and then uh, LeBron and AD and that two-man stuff. Really tough. And then the shooters were above the break. So if you're above the break, that top side, it's going to be tough to help. Like They were on their half the court above the break. It was high and wide. And the porch was active and in a spot to make a play. There was a couple times Westbrook got a little dump off because they helped from the porch. Um, against uh, Washington, you saw a lot more of a three wide, but then they all lifted above the break. You lift above the break, that pass out to the low man or even a cut by the 45 could really disrupt anything you have going on the help side. So I really like the action. It's just a different way of putting guys it's just a way Darvin Ham's putting his guys in spots to be successful while also making their life easier because they're like hey if we're going to attack the paint let's just go from 15 feet instead of 30 feet so it's yeah it's fun to watch one th- I don't know if you brought this up but they are now number one in pace that's so, what they're um, best when they run that's yeah. yeah but like if I remember correctly 
exactly. When um when we talked about them earlier in the season, I think their pace was down. Like they were lower in pace. I, don't I actually don't think how close are, is Indy two? Indy's three, I think. Three, you see. Yeah, it's uh Lakers, Timberwolves, Indiana. They're all really close, like with the number wise. Their best offense is when they run, but I actually like their efficiency in the half court. They're averaging it's twelfth in the league right now. Um in the half court in the half court per one hundred percent the possessions. I can't talk, my bad. They're averaging ninety seven points. So that's twelfth in the league. And if you're able to do that in the half court and be that efficient and then also have that pace in your back pocket. That's tough. Like that. Um, you can get out and run and be the best transition team in basketball while also being a highly efficient half court offense. You're gonna make it very tough for defenses to find ways to mm-hmm. stop you and slow you down. Yeah. You got anything? Um nothing else that we added. I mean, I like their the that they're attacking the paint more. That is one thing that we've been saying all year. Um, you basically said it all though. Like it's not super pretty at times. It gets really ugly and stagnant still. Um, but still it's early in the year and most of the, a lot of teams get stagnant right now. Um, but it helps when you have three of some of the best players in the world. Um, and you could just get the ball too when that happens, especially Anthony Davis right now is playing at a godly level. And yes. that's, uh, that's one thing that I really didn't think about until now is that, um, you think about these teams, like even, I don't, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of how this team's set up, um, with all the other pieces around Westbrook, LeBron and AD, but if you think about like those three, if you can get those three confidence, like within their team, it's the same thing in Brooklyn. They're getting really confident right now. It's, it's it's a scary thing just because of how talented they are with those three guys that they could will their way to wins night in, night out just through that talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously having a good system too helps, but if you're confident in your team, it's it's a scary thing, and that they're they're gaining confidence by the day. Yeah, that's what that the Brooklyn thing is, because both of the teams are in that same spot where they have so much talent, but they've underperformed. You mm-hmm. know, now the I now uh, Wendy said I I found it funny that I looked I looked at my podcast this morning. And I saw that Wendy was talking about LA too. Yeah. Um, and he was like, Yeah, obviously they're playing really good right now, but you know, you play a game this week and AD twists his ankle and he's out for a month, you know, you're tanking again. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um before we get more into the players, you want to go defense quick? Because I want yeah. to give Westbrook and AD some uh some flowers in my opinion. Yeah. Like, actually, I mean We've we've been saying that like everybody's been saying it that the Lakers could be 
like one of the best defenses in the league just because of their like Westbrook's high energy. Obviously Anthony Anthony Davis has been one of the best defensive uh rim protectors, big man in the league for basically since he's been in the league. Um you got Lonnie, Lonnie Walker's been amazing all year on the defensive end. Uh, Pat Bev, obviously known for defense. Like you have all these pieces, you just have to connect it, and we're seeing it connect now. Um, Anthony Davis has been doing amazing on this end too. Uh, I remember watching. I think it was the Pacers game live, and like he was his his impact. Like the Pacers didn't want to go in the paint. Like they were forcing short mid-range right outside the paint, like just because they don't want to go and contest Anthony Davis at the rim. His impact while in the game is just like it's you can't you can't uh replicate it with anybody else. So um just like the individual players impacts, I mean I, I I'm not very good at explaining defensive schematics, but I mean they're they're active in the gaps like they're they're just they're they're high energy and that's what at the end of last year we we both said that their best or was that who was that when was I that we said that that their best defense was when they or was that the Celtics that we were talking about? Probably I thought it was the Lakers. Celtics. I thought we talked about the Lakers and like high energy because I think it was towards the end of the year and we were like the Lakers look really good when they're high energy defense like denying like pressing up at half court. I don't know. I'm not sure. Forget it was that, probably but... not Boston doing that. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what they're like. They're high energy right now, playing with a great, great effort level, and it's it's fun to watch, especially on the defensive end. So at the defensive end, you kind of nailed a couple points, but they uh, they're holding teams to ninth in terms of opponent effective field goal percentage. So they're making things tough. Their eleventh and shots these at the stats? rim, cleaning the glass. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> they're li- they're fourth in corner threes. They're not giving up threes in the corner. They're eleventh in threes attempted overall, and they're forcing the majority of their threes from above the break, which is typically a really good thing. Um, in terms of how teams are shooting, they're shooting really rough from short mid and the paint. Um shooting they're holding teams to 65 percent at the rim under 40 percent from short mid showing the impact of their paint defense and then from threes the percentage wise they're shooting 33.8 percent from above the break which is very not good um and all threes they're holding teams to 35 percent from three in general so you like they have the bones to a really good defense um you talked about the activity, like it. And one more stat: defensive rating. They're eleventh right now at one eleven, but they're within less than half a point from eleventh to seventh. So there's variability there. Um, but the activity is what I think is they're not turning teams over a ton, but they're up in the passing lanes, especially on the strong side actions. They're trying to blow stuff up. They're really active in the gaps and in those passing lanes. But then the weak side is early. And I love it because especially against Giannis and against Washington has Porzingis, Gafford, and Kuzma, who like get into the cup a lot. Like the way that they pull in that low man early, 
they don't overcomplicate things. Like some teams really like the big man being that primary help, but like LA is like, AD is going to get put in action all the time. They're going to make him guard on the perimeter. So we're going to just keep it basic. Low man pull in and zone up behind him. Communicate on that. Be active. Have your hands out. And just because of the simplicity of how they play defense on that help side, it makes things so tough. They're there at the rim well before the action starts getting downhill. The backside of that is zoned up, very active with their hands and feet. That's why they're not teams are not getting the corner threes because that's cut off from the jump. And then when they do get an attempt from above the break, there's somebody there contested, so they're not going to shoot well from there. So it's just really tough overall. And then the paint, they're they have the size and length to disrupt anything in the paint. Um, my big takeaway defensively is definitely that they need to improve in ball screen coverage. I think that especially against stack and Spain pick and rolls. Um, they need to communicate a lot more efficiently and make that easier. Uh, there's three guys in an action. Just switch the guards if you want from the jump. Do not hesitate. Uh, the Bucks start picking them apart in that. Um, Washington also got a lot of opportunities in like three-man actions and slips. Um, I'd be interested to, to see how Utah did against them offensively because they have a lot of those like slip spains and side angle spains and really creative stuff will hardy's doing but say that they play in a playing game uh i think utah will put up 150. like that's at least my opinion if utah is healthy um they do everything that the lakers struggle at you'll pull ad out to the perimeter like that's as if it was today but um it's just they have some things that they need to clean up but their base defense is really good. Um, size, length, athleticism. They like being active on the strong side of the floor. Backside is in position to make a play. Um, and I think in terms of numbers, I remember reading this yesterday. They're really solid. What are they? Where are they? Like they don't give up second chance points like at all. Like they're pretty good at it, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. What am I? Oh no, they're really good in the half court. That's what it was. Uh, they're currently in terms of uh points per one hundred plays in the half court. It's fourth at ninety two point six points per a hundred possessions. Um, they're just being solid. They don't give up offensive rebounds. Uh, it's. I think that as a team, they could get better rebounding because besides AD, Braun, and like Thomas Bryant, it's all guards. So uh, they can definitely get some uh, help down there from the guards more. But uh, I really like the de- – like I think the defense is more set than the offense. Like I think that this <laughs> defense could be a driving force for them for – the rest of the season while the offense I think is they found something and if they continue to do it I'd be like okay like let's they'll be fine but this defense has the personnel and they have the system under I think Darvin Ham did a great job just that strong side pressure and weak side pull in early it's simple but like hey if it works and you're forcing teams into a lot of tough twos at the rim or out just outside of the paint, you're going to win a lot of games. So 
Yeah. Um, just to add to that, I think some of their best offense is going to be their defense. So, like, you get stops and, like, continuous stops, get get a few kills, and you're getting out and pushing the pace, playing at your speed. Like, that's just – having a good defense is going to help them so much just because, you know, they are a team where their offense is going to get stagnant. They don't have a lot of st- – like, even though they're still shooting middle of the pack, they don't have a lot of spacing. Um, teams are going to start packing the paint, forcing them to shoot more threes and just getting those stops and not letting them set that half-court defense Gonna going to really help. Yeah. So um, you want to dive into some players that have stood out? Um, I guess that's a yes. He just smiled at me quite awkwardly. Um, we're gonna well, go. No, we both we both laughed because we know who we're talking about. Um, we gotta find the stats though. Anthony Davis has been playing at an MVP caliber <laughs> level. Uh, he's been the catalyst to these wins. Um, I think that that goes without saying. He's currently a plus ten when he's on the floor. Um, he's a a plus across the board offensively defensively not really but at the rim he does a fantastic job at preventing offensive rebound opportunities not fouling and just making things tough in the paint um but the way that this man has been playing with such a motor running up and down the floor making plays for himself his teammates um do you have a stat line in front of you Oh, just his through. I was trying to find like last ten games because that's where he's been really, really good. But um, throughout the season, twenty eight point six points per game, twelve point eight rebounds. Um, thought it's a shooting percentage here, but I guess not. Um, that's about all I got right now. Let me go to Basketball Reference, I guess. Struggle, man. I know. I I'm really struggling today. Yeah. So the last ten games via Stat Muse, um, he is averaging twenty or thirty four point two points per game, fifteen point four rebounds, two point nine blocks, um, shooting sixty three from the field, forty one point seven from three, uh, eighty six from the free throw line, um dominating he's been plus 88 in these 10 games um that is just incredible he's probably one of the best watches like right now in the league uh his last two games he had 44 against milwaukee 55 against washington um he hasn't had a single digit rebound game in this stretch um one two three four not only is it not single single digits, it's like high teens. Six, yeah, six games above fifteen rebounds. Um, he's That's, been passing yeah. it well too. Not many turnovers. The thing, one thing that stands out off of his season stats, or a few things actually. Um, I know it's a small sample size; it's only twenty games, but he's shooting the best percentage of his career at almost sixty. He's at fifty nine percent. Um. And then he's only shooting 1.43s a game. It's not like that's one thing that me and Jacob talked about yesterday. He's not forcing deep shots. Like he's 
that's when he's at his best is when he's elbow just working in the mid post, uh, working around the rim and not forcing threes. Just be like, that's a win for the defense. If you're forcing Anthony Davis to shoot tooth or not shooting more than three threes a game, that's, that's three possessions that you don't have to guard them. Like work with them in the post, like, and you take them away from getting uh, getting offensive rebounds, so you don't even have to worry about that. Like those, shooting those deep threes, especially with somebody like Anthony Davis, where he's putting up fifteen to twenty rebounds a game right now over the last ten. Yeah, that's it's a big thing. You got anything else on AD? I think we touched it all. Just like he's dominating. Um, he's yeah. He's if he's not number one right now in the MVP conversation, or, or Pushing, he's not three. He's top I'm five. Sorry. Top five. I'm giving him three right now. I would. I'll, I'll be. I would. I would agree with two, at best. Who do you have one? I like how we're changing this on the weekly right now. But who do you have one? Well, yeah, because he's having like an historical run right now. Um, who would I have one right now? I mean, I got book three. I know that's a little bit biased. Everybody's saying, no. "Oh, that's your no. MVP." Um, uh, eighty. I'll go eighty-two, and then I don't know. Giannis one. I have Tatum one, book two, eighty-three. Giannis four. I know book's going on a bit of a run Luka right now. Five. Like book book has had like with without whole Chris body Paul. of work, man. Whole body of work. What do you mean, like his defense too? Like I mean, AD has not been like this from game one. Devin Booker has been like that from game one. You know what I mean? AD had a rough he, stretch. Like half the season, he was kind of like eh. And then half the season he's playing at an all world level, you know. It's all it's all it's small samples. It's not even a quarter of the year yet. We're almost there. Almost. Actually, no. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is a we're, quarter of the year. Yeah, we're we're like 20, days away from it. Maybe a quarter done. Never mind. Um, but. you want to talk about? I I either want to talk about Westbrook or Lonnie. Go Westbrook first. Um, so we, talk, we talked a little. I I talked a little bit about him earlier, but like he's just he's just buying into his role. Um, he he looks a lot more comfortable. I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, Thousand percent. Like his shot looks better. Like he's just flowing into it. He's shooting now thirty percent on the year, which is pretty solid for Russell Westbrook. He's putting them up quite a bit. He's shooting four threes a game. Um, forty percent from the field. That's I feel like that's a little skewed just because early on in the year. Um, do you have his last last like ten last like, ten games? Twelve point for twelve point four points per game, eight point eight assists, five point two rebounds, shooting thirty seven point eight from the field, twenty three point seven from three. Um, really? yeah, he had how many, is he, how many is he putting up though? Because he's been shooting more. In the last 10 games, he shot 
38 threes, so 38 divided by 10, 3.8 attempts per game. Wow. I feel like he's shooting a lot better than that. Um, like He had a couple nights where it's like 0 for 3, 0 for 3, 0 for 2, 0 for 2, 1 for 6. Um, okay. Yeah, he has like really, like for him, like a 33% night, like a 2 for 6 is great. That's really good. Yeah, really good. Um, You can get two threes out of him, but I, I don't want to put him up six. <laughs> Uh, I think he could but, be more active defensively. I think that that's literally my yeah. only request from him. I think he could force more turnovers and be more of a pest at the point. But other than that, he's being really good offensively, dictating the his pace, energy levels, attacking the rim. Just... He's playing with high energy. He looks like he's having fun. It looks like old Russell Westbrook, like highly mm-hmm. competitive, flying around, making plays. Um, he's been a plus 31 in their last 10 games. Um, and I think that he finally found a groove. Um, I, I was always of the belief that it was never his fault. And I never thought that he was the issue in Los Angeles. So I'm happy he's playing well because I think it just proves that it could work. I know he's off the bench, but like, there's still a lot of – I think that their most used lineup so far this season has had Westbrook, LeBron, and AD all on the floor together. So if that's the case, like, you need to – like, it needs to be seen. Like, I get – I understand, like, maybe not start games that way and because this is working. But when it comes down to the crunch time, Westbrook's in the game. Um, it just yeah, that's that's the thing. It doesn't really matter who starts; it matters who's finishing games. Like, I don't, I don't, I never got like why people emphasized who starts, like Harden in OKC. Like he wouldn't start, but he finished games. Like, I don't get Ginobili. that. Ginobili, Ginobili, yeah. Like I, I understand because Westbrook is multi-time MVP, what he's done in basketball. Like, I get it from that standpoint, but he, uh, it might, it might be like, it might be helping them though. Like it might just take pressure off of him. He's playing second lines. Like he's playing the backups and like, that is true. Yeah. He's still getting, I think he's getting like over, Oh, where's his minute? I just saw it. He's getting like 28 minutes a game, 26 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Like he's playing a lot. So, hey, kudos to Westbrook, though, for figuring it out. Do you want to talk about Lonnie or you want to go uh, what they have to do? We could go Lonnie and then we'll go to Nick just because he's playing really, really well. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, you could start. So I actually the video in the off season that I made about him coming to Los Angeles, I was very happy about the signing. I thought, <laughs> man, this guy, he fits what they need. A six five wing. He's young, he's athletic, he has length. Like he never was a plus defender really in uh, San Antonio. But um I think like just the entire system and how he's under the vets of LeBron, AD, Westbrook, like 
he is in a good spot to figure things out and get after it. Uh, StatMuse is deciding to not cooperate. But his last I got, game, I got his, I got his, oh, okay, you got it. Um, do you have like actual averages? I, I just have the, I got season. Oh, give me a season. Um, he's averaging 16.7 points per game, started all 19 games that he played in. Um, he's shooting 48% from the field, 39% from three, which is really good. Um, what else stands out? Um, getting to the line a solid bit, three three attempts per game, a steal a game. Not really turning the ball over much. He's averaging he's just playing points per game in his last ten. He's he's just playing really solid. Like it's like, I feel like that <clears throat> it helped because like he's not he's not the type of player to thrive in San Antonio. Like he needs to play free, and San Antonio is more systematic. And I just feel like, especially with LA's pace being like this, like he's he's the one that's really getting out and running. Like I I love watched like I love watching him and Westbrook like run the break. It's like it's so fun. But I, he's currently a plus three point three when he's on the floor. Uh, defensively is actually where a lot of his pluses are coming. Uh, teams are minus two point seven. They're, they've uh, been they've been putting him on the best players, right? He has a lot I saw of matchups. Been... Yeah, like it's yeah. it's not like I think it depends on the night and like who you're playing. But like I think against Washington, he was ma- he wasn't matched with Beal, but he was matched with uh, Monte. I think to start. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he was. Or maybe he had Kuz. He might have had Kuz. That's what I thought. Because they started Schroeder. Uh, I don't remember. He he is taking these matchup head on like. It's it's not easy, but he's doing a pretty good job. Um, I think offensively he found his flow. Um, he's cutting off the ball. He's knocking down the three pointers that he's getting. He's able to attack closeout. Like he's doing all those simple things, but such a high level when you're playing around such high level talent. Um, it's really pretty to watch. Uh, yeah. He's not doing he's too got, he much. Has, he's a very similar role to like a uh, Mikel Bridges, like. You don't yeah. have to do too much offensively, but you're going to get a big matchup defensively, and we just want you to fly around down there, cut off the ball offensively, knock down open threes. Like they're not, they're not making them be a shot creator, and like they're just letting them play like where he fits in best, you know. Yeah, with him on the floor, they're pushing it more, um, and defensively. Um, he's he's doing a good job closing out, helping help that backside, especially strong side, blowing stuff up. Like he's he he knows his role. Like I think to simply put it, he knows his role and he's thriving in it. Um, but to look ahead a little bit, the Lakers are ten and twelve as we're recording this. I believe they play tonight, um, Tuesday night. For the listeners, um, I'm looking at their schedule. Sorry for the delay. Uh, they play December 6th at Cleveland. 
on TNT. I'm going to be tuned in for that one. That'll be a frisky one. Um, they're in the middle was, of a five-game yeah. road trip or six-game road trip. Uh, they have Cleveland tonight, Toronto, Philly, Detroit, and then they're home against Boston, Denver, Washington before going to Phoenix December 19th. Um, they do not have an easy stretch. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a battle for them. Uh, it's week eight of the NBA season. Uh, miles are starting to add up, but you got yourself in a tough little stretch right here. This is going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they do. But the whole point of talking about the future for them is just because of the amount of trade rumors and things like that. So, Josh, I'm allowing you to put on your front office cap and give some names and situations that uh, you think that the Lakers might pursue or if they even do pursue. I don't I don't think they should do anything right now. Um if some like not I don't don't go after a huge name cuz that's just going to ruin everything. Uh if you wanted to go after like a shooter like say a Duncan Robinson comes on uh the trade market for nothing crazy. Uh, I know you don't like me bringing up that name, but um uh, I have a similar like, dude. But not someone him. someone like that, like just a shooter that's going to give you plus minutes, like just stretch the floor a little bit just since since you uh, released Matt Ryan. Um, poor guy. Uh, but like, I don't really think you need any more like wing defenders. I feel like you're pretty set on that right now. I think you can always use one more. You could always use it, but like I don't think you need to go out of your way and give up a rotational piece right now. Since you're playing, like now, if you go into these next however many games, say you lose to Cleveland, Toronto, win two two big ones with Sixers and Pistons, and then drop two out of the three at home, and then say say you go like under five hundred in your next ten, then I would say you could like give up. So like. If you lose your momentum, then you could give up somebody. But like the momentum that they have right now, I say ride it until, until the wheels fall off. Like if there's if there is some shooter, or really solid piece that you feel like you absolutely need to go get, then okay. But like, I wouldn't do much to this team right now. I am on kind of the same train. Um, I think that they don't need to swing for that, like, DeMar Vucevic trade. Did you see that? The rumor? Russ, Russ they're two first-rounders for DeMar and Vooch. And I would do that in a heartbeat. That's a, a steal. <laughs> I personally don't find that. Like, I think the more you add, like, Vucevic is a 30% for three-point shooter on high volume so well i feel like i feel like that would be i would make that a three-team trade send a voosh somewhere else for something else like send send voosh to miami for kyle lowry since kyle lowry is apparently on the market don't talk to me (laughs) about that one um (laughs) i For me, the biggest name that I think the Lakers should pursue is Doug McDermott. Even over, like, the Buddy Heald and uh, 
Miles Turner trade. Um, McDermott's I, on the market. I think that as everybody's on the market for the Spurs, the Spurs continue to tank. I think old guys such as Dougie McBuckets will be available for a very low cost. Um, I think that Doug McDermott adds, he's a palatable defender, very underrated defender. He's six, seven could guard multiple positions. Um, and he could shoot. He's one of the best shooters on the planet. Uh, he shoots mm-hmm. 40, 40% from three, 59.1 effective field goal percentage. Uh, the guy is a bucket getter. Uh, you can have him running around. It could add a level to your offense at which you don't have because somebody like Doug McDermott, you can run action for. Duncan Robinson, honestly, that's a great name also to throw in this mix. Um, somebody that could fly around, be a true gravity taker on the floor. Um and that would be who I would go after if I was in the front office. But uh, I know that the Lakers like swinging for their for their big uh, big names, big big stars. Uh, I just think that the trio of Westbrook, LeBron, and AD could genuinely win them a lot of games, get them in the play-in, and then be probably one of the toughest eight seeds to ever exist. Um, seven or eight seeds. Uh, I know last time we said that about them, they uh, they got by the Phoenix Suns um, two years ago, but they also were banged up. And I think if they stay healthy, like you brought up a great wind, the windy thing, like he could twist his ankle, be out for four weeks, and then we'll never talk about Anthony Davis like in the MVP conversation again. Like, well, not only that, but they would they would start tanking. Like they would be like, yeah. Well, not tanking because I can't tank because they don't. Not have purposely, pick. they just won't win. But they won't <laughs> win, yeah. They will be very tough to win games. Like LeBron James will have to. Like LeBron James is deferring to Anthony Davis right now, and which is honestly great for the Lakers because if they're able to win games with LeBron playing at 80% of his full capacity um, and kind of riding a lower wave um, of effort, I think that that could be huge when it matters. But right now, uh, you just want everybody to stay healthy for them, especially those three guys, and then allow everybody else to work. But um, Mm -hmm. you got anything else? Um, I just, I hate the Lakers, but I hope that they could get out of this next, how long is this one, two, three, four, five, get to Christmas, six, seven, eight, nine, the next nine games, if they could go six and three, that'd be huge. Is that like, up to Christmas? Uh, 10 would be up to Christmas. But They're the at Dallas, is, right? 10th is home against the Hornets and then. Christmas there at Dallas, yeah. Speaking so, um, of the Devils. I mean. If Dallas keeps shooting it's gonna, it, it's, man, it's Side note. Tough, this is a tough 10-game stretch. Yeah. Like, you got to play two of the best three teams in basketball right now. One on the road. You got Cleveland's been playing pretty well, especially at Cleveland. It's... Philly got hardened back. Raptors are always a tough game. Philly lost last night to Houston. Yeah, Philly did lose last night, but it was Harden's first game back. Chill. Sacramento has been one of the best teams in the league right now. Beam team. 
it's they're that's it's a tough game, ten game schedule. And I th- I think we need to have a come out about it, NorCal. If they can come out of it ten and three or seven and three, six and four, that could this twenty game stretch could definitely push propel them to be in maybe even pushing for not even getting into the play in. I mean, that's kind of tough. One thing I did want to bring up is like just the rankings right now. Um I had it up, but then I switched it. Gosh. Utah loses five in a row, goes from first in the West to twelfth in the that's West. That's the thing. Utah could de- I could see Utah losing quite a few in a row. I don't think I think Dallas only gets better from here. I think the Warriors only get better from here. So I, I Utah is the only team I feel like that could drop out because everybody else above them had except for maybe the Pelicans and the Suns have not been playing at their full potential, like anywhere near their full potential. We all know they could be playing better. Clippers haven't been playing healthy a lot. Um, oh, Kings too. Kings have been playing really well. Denver could always play better. Um, they're still figuring stuff out over there. Uh, I feel like Utah's the only team that you could see dropping three or four in a row, like just randomly. Are you you good over there? No, because you're hating on my Jazz. Okay, so let's look at these. You were the one that brought it up too. <laughs> I'm just you're saying. Like, yeah, say the Jazz just lose five in a row. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. I said that they did. They Past did. Tense. They could do it again. No, they can't. They They're could. built different. Um. So, if you look at the rankings right now, L.A. is with um, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and them before the tankers. And above them, I think that it's going to be very tough. I think Beam Team, sadly, will probably drop back uh, until they figure out the defense a little bit more. Um, I think They're going to be in the play-in, though. I don't think they drop that much. They're playing a great brand of basketball. I actually think that it'll stay pretty similar to this. Like, I think that the Warriors will probably move up to anywhere from four to seven. I think Dallas moves up anywhere to four to seven. I think Utah will compete in that same range. I think Portland might slide back a little bit because of the health of guys. Like, guys are always in and out of the lineup. Um, I think the Clippers do not look great at either end of the floor, even with their stars and small sample size. So that might be somebody that drops back. Um, I think that the West is going to be so entertaining to watch how it shakes up, and the East is right there with them. You look at Miami's ninth, and they are four games out from third. Uh, it's the top two in the East, then everybody else is working for a spot. Um, it's Chicago with nine wins, and then we have three teams with 11 wins, two teams with 12 wins, three wins, three teams with 13 wins, and then uh, Cleveland with 15 wins. So it's like everybody's right there with each other. This might, like, I think last year we were saying the same thing at some points. Like, I've never seen it so competitive, but I think that this year even, like, is on a different level. Like, you're getting into the 11 seed being in a spot to be, somewhere from six to 10, you know, like genuinely mm-hmm. be in the playoff situation. But yeah. um, 
I think that that is it from us. I hope you guys enjoyed, learned something about the Los Angeles Lakers and how they've been playing really well. Um, and a little bit other of our NBA banter. But um, for more content, please check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. But in the meantime, have a great holiday season as it's kicking off, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace.